Welcome to the Utah Podcapalians, a podcast of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah. Now it's a look at our unique church in this unique land of Utah. Oh, and speaking of unique, now one thing we can say about the church in this, our 153rd year in Utah, is that it has been a unique year. A year summed up by that one word, Zoom, and our new workplace, which as you know, is right here online. So let's start our podcast there today with the Dean and Rector of the Cathedral Church of St. Mark, the very Reverend Tyler Doherty, now a veteran of, what is it, 60 online services since April. And I believe we have about 18 more to go before we start the new year. So I'm Craig Wirth and okay, we're all online. And you know, this isn't where we wanted to spend this year, but let's start in an unusual way. After all, I guess the Lord works in mysterious ways. What can we say good about our online experience that we've had? Nice place to start. Yeah, so uh, what, what can we what can we say have been the, the fruits of this? Is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, there must be. Let's start out positive. You yeah. know, we always talk about 2020 in the most negative terms. Let's start out positive. There has to be some good stuff uh, about what's gone on in doing these online services. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think in terms of evangelism, there's more people who are accessing uh, our, our online services than who would normally attend uh, in-person church. Um, so I think we have automatically kind of, we're making contact in a meaningful, worshipful way with a, a greater number of people. Um, I also know from people who have joined the church that one of their ways that the sort of younger generations are church shopping is that they they start online and they they kind of stalk the church virtually for a while they check their facebook they check their instagram they check the twitter feed they then they watch online services you know for a month or two and then if they like what they see and they like what they hear then they um take the next step to to going in in person um and so i think it's pushing us in that in that direction to kind of offer people um, an immersive experience online that would um, provide a, a nice sort of uh, doorway for them to joining the church, the brick and mortar church. Um, you know, 30% of uh, people, according to Pew Research, I want to give them credit, have been watching services of churches they don't normally attend or hadn't attend in 2019. I guess we're always gonna compare the world 2019 and post, it's gonna be, uh, that's just from now on, I know we're all in that. Uh, and does that surprise you uh, that we're, we're seeing that? We're seeing, I know on our Saturday service that uh, certainly um, they weren't the ones that were sitting in the pews that are watching. Um, what do you want to say to some of these people that have been sampling our, our online and, you know, not just your cathedral church services, but that are sampling, whether it's uh, some 
uh, Zoom or live Facebook or whatever people are doing, um, what do you want to say to those folks that have maybe come across the service that you're doing either Saturday, Sunday, or uh, one of the many other uh, opportunities that you have online? Oh, I mean, well, first of all, welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's probably just good for people to, if they like what they're experiencing, uh, through any of the online services of any of the churches that they're uh, visiting, quote unquote, um, to, and, if, and if it's an Episcopal church, to you know, go check it out in your in your in your hometown. Um, a lot of our online classes will probably remain online, and you know, we have people who, um, I mean, they're joining from all over the country, to be honest, and. When I ask, you know, why are you doing Bible study from Oregon or whatever? Well, because my, my parish is my my church isn't doing anything. We haven't done anything since March, and, and I sort of scratched my head. And okay, well, welcome. Let's let's dig into the scriptures. So, I think people can continue to participate online. You know, when the pandemic's over, uh, if if there's something that rings true about the the you know. The, the way Episcopalians express their discipleship, uh, then, you know, go check it out in your, your, your local congregation, you know, and um, see what happens. What are some of the comments you're, you're getting? And I know you're very humble, and I'm not uh, here to have you, uh, you know, really start um, uh, doing, but, but just that might show an insight of what people have been starving for and are finding online or finding in the uh, church service that the Cathedral Church of St. Mark is doing, which is pretty much everything, music, readings, uh, lay readers, uh, beautiful cantors, whatever. What, what are some things you're hearing about your service? People really like seeing members of the community uh, reading the scriptures, you know, that gives them a real, it's a remind, it's a way for them to sort of stay connected. Um, they've had lovely um, new insights into how amazing it is uh, to play an organ, you know, <laughs> with all your great shots of Chris Wooten or George Henry or Adam Hansen's feet and hands all well i must say i i, I gotta interrupt you and say <laughs> the feet you know I, yeah. I and and you could tell when i'm running camera rather than nick because there's a lot of feet and, <laughs> well i just find that fascinating how do you do that and so i yeah. find it fascinating so i i must admit that uh i have probably shown more organist feet <laughs> but yeah no it's you know i adam hansen is a he's an airline pilot you know and at, at, when he told me he was going to go to airline pilot school or whatever it's called, flight school, um, pilot school, uh, I just didn't make any sense to me. And but then I sat in the on the organist bench, and I looked at all those stops and the foot pedals and what he had to do with his hands. And it didn't. It's it's like a you know medieval version of an airline cockpit, you know. 
And so it made total sense to me that somebody who could play the organ could also fly an airplane. Um, but the, so just being able to sort of see aspects of the service that we don't normally see has been nice. Um, your little montages at the beginning, um, sort of highlighting different aspects of the diocese, I think have really opened people's eyes to the richness that is there. Um, yeah, and then just just knowing that when you know you have a choir anthem that's been recorded by a choir, you know each person at home by themselves, and then mixed together, and uh, the amount of sort of just sheer person hours that go into that um, that there's that you it, that comes through in the recordings. You know that there's people that are still giving of their time, talents, and treasure. Uh, even in the time of, um, you know, isolation and, and pandemic, that they're they're still willing to give of themselves, um, even if we can't gather in person. And it's it's very inspiring, um, I think, for people. Um, I mean, those are some of the things. And then, yeah. Um, Do you think that this pandemic time has actually increased? Uh, people's feeling about the need for faith in their lives. Have you seen that? Uh, maybe that's an unfair question to ask, but I know nationwide there's been some smattering that um, of uh, facts and figures that uh, um, people have become more conscious of their faith. I think any time that you're faced with 230,000 people who have died. Uh, each of those people has on average between eight or nine people who are mourning their loss. Uh, I think any time that you're forced to confront death on such a widespread scale, uh, it makes you ask, the, ask those questions, you know, why am I here? What is this for? Um, you know, so it, it's, it's kind of driving you to ask those deep questions, which is what faith is meant to uh, facilitate, right? So, um, and I think that when you're forced to stay home um, and a lot of the usual props fall away, <clears throat> the ways that we normally keep ourselves busy, entertained, or distracted when those drop away. Um, the, the questions like, why am I here? What is my life about? What's most important? Um, really come to the fore. And um, that's, I, I think that's an opportunity for the, for the church to sort of set forth its its vision of what it means to be a human being and to live a fully flourishing, abundant human life, you know? Do you think um, uh, you see us doing online even when we're, quote, back? Is that right? When, when let's say, the vaccine and things like that, that online is now part of the norm? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's pretty pretty obvious that that's going to have to be a part of your, you know, uh, uh, what, what you have to offer. 
um, because um, you you reach people who can't make it to church. Um, they get to experience a service. They get to hear hear a sermon. The you know the they get to hear the choir sing, um, and um, I don't think you know some people say well that's going to turn into people just they lie in bed and just watch watch it on on the computer and you know never come to the the actual church i don't think that's the case because um if you talk to anybody who was at our outdoor services uh you know that's always preferable in person is always preferable uh when you're actually able to gather as the the physical body and to be with your uh you know your fellow christians and to partake of the eucharist i mean that's always going to be you know far more immersive in experience than uh watching something on uh, on the computer but um in the absence of that uh i don't see us having a choice and for people who can't make it for whatever reason um it's it's a great way for them to still feel connected you know so yeah i see i see it being just sort of what we do now all right well we're listening to the utah podcapalians and this is a podcast of the diocese of utah and we're talking about online worship and uh, we have an expert in online worship who probably didn't expect to become an uh, expert in online worship uh, if you were to ask uh, the very Reverend Tyler Doherty of uh, a year ago if he would be doing 60, 70, 80 and approaching 100 services online, he would say probably not. But now he would say, yes, he's done 60, 18 more to go this year. I'm sure that you're, I kept the count. I know you didn't. You didn't start out by saying this is our 61st service, I know. Let me ask you though, I gotta ask you this, and that is, I know you became a priest to talk to people. It's a very interactive uh, point. Uh, I, I can only imagine it's that experience. And, even if you're not talking one-on-one, -on -one, you're talking with people sitting in the pews. Uh, and this, you're talking to a camera person, either myself or Nick. And I realize, <laughs> while we are sinners, this is not why you became a priest. So you could talk to two of us, Nick or myself. But do you find it uh, fun? Do you find it uh, challenging do you find it um what what is it when you look out in this giant beautiful cathedral and there is uh nick and i and a sony camera well i found myself just preaching to the camera not looking at the empty pews because that's weird um and then um yeah, I mean, it's sort of like what people talk about, like, what's the masters like without fans, you know, um, it's, there's, there's a certain amount of um, reaction from the congregation that you, you, you can kind of play off and you kind of know when you're on point and know when you're not. Um, so that kind of feedback loop is, is absent. Um, and yeah, for me, I just have to sort of 
figure out like, you know, what's my sermon about? Why, you know, what am I passionate about? What are the, the points I really want to get across? And in a weird way, preaching to an empty church that you almost, I almost feel the, the urgency uh, more, you know, because you're, you're trying to make yourself heard in this empty church through a camera. And so the, the things that you're passionate about or that are, you, you hold deeply uh, sort of become that much more urgent or something. Um, does that well, make sense? You're doing it well, though. You're doing it well. And I, I, I know that very first day I thought, finally, there's somebody that uh, maybe understands what I've done. And as many know, I've been a television person for 52 years. And yeah. I just talked to a camera and, and a camera person who's paid to listen and run the camera. And, and, and you know, it works both ways. One is you don't know if they're saying, wow, that's really something. But right. they also, uh, the cameraman isn't going to say that really stunk. But in your case, I got to say the inspiration has come through. You've been able to transfer that to uh, uh, from a crowd because certainly in the pews, you, you can see people really starting to turn to each other and they're kind of nodding and they sense, yes, that is what that lesson said. That is what that gospel said. And, and, and I, I, you've done it very well. I, I'm, I'm highly impressed with that because uh, I know that is a skill. One service that has done very well is the Saturday service. The, uh, and, and Light in the Darkness service has um, really picked up um, a loyal following of, uh, of people that uh, week after week are watching what we might call sort of an alternative service in the Episcopal Church. Mm -hmm. Do you see that type of thing as increasing as we are online, as we try, certainly within that's an Episcopal service? I mean, we're not going into uh, changing what this church allows or what we as Episcopalians expect. But do you see some more of that type of experimenting or alternative services? Yeah, so I mean, I think the distinctive thing about the light and the darkness service is that it's done within a contemplative framework. So the all the music in there is from the Tizay community. Um, and so we have Tizay chant threaded throughout. Um, we use um, Eucharistic prayers from uh, enriching our worship, uh, just to sort of highlight different sort of theological themes uh, in the prayers, like prayers, Eucharistic prayers that perhaps people who are grew up with the prayer book, you know, haven't heard before. Um, and um, instead of doing a homily, of course, we do a, a guided Lexio Divina, this way of praying the scripture in a contemplative way. Um, I think for, for people who are hungry for uh, peace, rest, a break from the uh, anxiety of the 24-hour news cycle and our political situation, I think a service like that um, can provide a real kind of oasis of calm, but also um, subtly teach them a contemplative practice and a contemplative 
uh, habit of mind and heart that they can use as they they go forward. Um, the nice thing about that service, whether it's an on -person, in person or online, is it's rather informal, um, and you don't have to listen to me talk. You know, it's not a it's not a sermon. You know, you're not, nobody's pounding on the pulpit. So um, it kind of I think it's a nice way for people who are new to the church as well to kind of like get a taste <clears throat> of what this is about. Um, and then, you know, to enter uh, into the other forms of worship kind of uh, from there. Um, but I, it's also like a standalone service, you know, like it, um, you know, I tend to think that the contemplative dimension of the gospel is, and the recovery of that is going to be key to the church uh, going forward. Uh, and this is just one little, one little part of that. But um, people are hungry for that kind of depth and uh, encounter that's offered in those contemplative settings. And I think anything we can do to further that is all for the good. You think that the uh, church will grow from this then? Do you see that? Because the Episcopal Church and other mainline churches, uh, this was not a decade of tremendous growth. Do you think that this can actually uh, be the, the growth in the mainline churches? I think it could. I mean, the I think it was Bishop Scott who convention, I don't know, it could have been like four or five years ago, but he, he talked about the Episcopal Church as one of the best kept secrets in Christendom. And I've always remembered that line. And I wonder whether us having to move online and having more of an online presence um, might not sort of raise some awareness about what the Anglican tradition has to offer, you know, that rooted in groundedness in tradition, the powerful history of social witness and social justice, um, our openness and inclusivity, uh, and our, you know, deep commitment to discipleship and following Jesus down the way of love. I mean, I think I think we have a lot to offer, and um, because we've been rather tongue-tied about talking about ourselves or talking about Jesus, to be honest, uh, uh, we've kind of, not as many people have heard about the Episcopal Church of the Anglican tradition as might have, and so I, I wonder whether being online for it, it might kind of open people's eyes to the, the real riches that are, that are there. And finally, um, what has it done to your faith? Uh, and I, this may be not a fair thing to ask, but I'm going to ask it because I, <laughs> I've always been interested what it's done uh, in your faith journey to have done um, almost and will have done a year of online and, uh, and a couple of in-person services out outside. I mean, but what has it done to uh, week after week stare at that camera and preach to a camera? 
Well, you know, um, one of the, you know, when I leave Utah, people will, <laughs> they, they'll, one of the things they've heard me say over and over again is that um, the cathedral is more than a building, you know, that it's a community of people and that we're members of the body of Christ um, and that we're about mission and not maintenance, right? And we're more about the church outside the walls than just the than some kind of private club locked behind their big bright red door. Um, and, you know, if there's one thing the pandemic has showed us is that that's true, that the church is not just a physical location, that um, we are, uh, we are and are called to continue to be the, the church outside the walls and and that also our faith life is not just confined to the hour and a half on Sunday morning you know that um, staying rooted and grounded in Christ is something that is available to us 24 hours a day seven days a week um, and so for me, um, when church is in person, I have lots of ways that I can kind of tick the box and say, oh, yeah, I was spiritual today. I mean, I celebrate mass every day, <laughs> you know, go to a couple times on, on Sunday, one Saturday evening, you know. And, you know, that's, that's precious, and I miss it dearly. Um, but I think what gets obscured in that kind of schedule, for me at least, um, is, you know, because a certain way my spiritual life is done for me in that. I mean, obviously there's times for private prayer outside of those services, but a lot of it's done for me. And when that goes away, you know, there's that call and opportunity uh, to go deep, uh, even when um, those regular supports aren't there. So, you know, in a weird way, I have to say that I feel like my spiritual life and my faith life, faith life has deepened, or at least I've taken it far less for granted uh, in the pandemic. I mean, it didn't hurt that I got really sick and, you know, <laughs> started thinking about my mortality and, you know, all that. That never hurts to sort of refocus you. Um, but it, it's also just reminded me of what a, what a precious gift this human life is and made me ask, like, how do I want to use it? And the way I want to use it is to follow Jesus down the way of love. And so there's been like a recommitment there, you know, if, if I'm not, if I can't celebrate mass every day, then what am I going to do to, to realize this great gift that I've been given? Well, with that, that's a wonderful place to stop and to acknowledge the uh, online services that are done by the Cathedral Church of St. Mark 
and um, the Diocese of Utah has helped to produce those. And we want to also say that, of course, virtually all of our churches are virtually, we can use that <laughs> word twice, doing uh, all kinds of things, Bible studies, uh, morning prayer, discussions, even that Episcopal tradition of a coffee hour has survived in Zoom and and done um, done well. And so uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to have had this discussion. I thank you very much, the very Reverend um, Tyler Doherty of the the Dean and Rector of the Episcopal Cathedral of Saint Mark, and a little plug for watching Saturday and Sunday anytime. You're welcome to watch them in your pajamas or you're welcome to, as the bishop says, stop in the middle, go out, work in the yard, come back, listen to the rest of the sermon. And we look forward to uh, all the churches, uh, of course, the day that we can be in person, but the days that we continue online. Thanks a lot for listening to the Utah Episcopalians. I'm Craig Worth of the Diocese, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.